Hi, just a small note from me and Michelle to let you know that the audio in this particular episode lags just a bit because it was recorded over Zoom. Thanks for listening. And I'm Lauren. This is our very first podcast where we endeavor to talk about business mixed in with a little bit of party. Every show we have a theme. So we do our best to teach you something and give you a little bit of value as well. So the theme for today is rebirth. And that, of course, was born out of, um, that wasn't an intentional pun, but this was born out of the fact that Lauren and myself uh, were made redundant a month ago and it was on the same day and from the same company and um, Lauren I think maybe we refer to that company as the company is that okay with you sure yeah that sounds good yeah perfect and yeah that's basically how we feel isn't it um, after being made redundant we now feel like we've been given a chance at rebirth so that's one of the reasons why we chose that for the theme for today um, now, before we get into the business part and the party, maybe we should tell our listeners a little bit about ourselves. You can go first. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I'm a journalist. I've been a journalist for over 20 years. Uh, I've covered a lot of big stories uh, over the years. September 11, obviously, sticks in mind. Um, and yeah, it's been a really exciting career. Started when a little bit later, you know, I was 23. A lot of people start when they're a lot younger, um, straight out of uni. Uh, but I did a few other things in between and then came back to journalism, which is my love. Um, I love speaking to people. I love helping people. Um, it's what's always driven me. A lot of people said I didn't have the personality to be a journalist. Journalists are seen as very hard-nosed, straight down the line, which actually is my personality. But I also think there's a lot of heart in what I do. And when I'm speaking to someone, I try to connect you know, to their emotion and their heart. So that's what I've always tried to do in my career and then unfortunately made redundant for the first time in my working career since I was 14 and a half working in Hungry Jacks. <laughs> so I've never been out of work. So it's been a little bit of a, a surprise. Um, and one of the exciting things, I guess, about my career was that I went from being primarily an on-air journalist, so reading the news, um, to digital and writing the news. And really that was an eye-opener for me, being able to really expand on the stories where I was before able to write about 10 seconds worth um, of news and I went to being able to write an article, a whole article for these people and it was just such a life changer for me and I loved it and that's what I was doing before um, the day that both of us were made redundant. So how about you? Yeah, so I am a Canadian living in Australia and uh, I went to radio broadcasting school in 2002. And uh, much like you, I have never been made redundant in my whole life. I was sort of let go from a job, but that was when I was 15. So I don't really count that. That was my first job when uh, I started at Tim Hortons, which is a very iconic Canadian donut and coffee chain. Anyway, aside from that, I've always had a job as well. And so being made redundant uh, last month was the first time that that also happened to me. I went to school for radio broadcasting, however, and I've spent the last over 15 years working in media, events, sales, marketing, and event production. And uh, most recently, I was a digital online content manager for over 10 uh, websites. And it was a pretty big job. And it led me to building a friendship with you. So it's funny how, <laughs> yes, bonus, exactly. So it's funny how when you look at all of the different steps that you've taken in your life and how they all sort of lead you almost where you're meant to be. Um, when I first went to radio school, I initially wanted to go into be a news anchor. 
and be on TV. That was sort of my plan and ended up getting involved in radio instead. And it's just sort of funny how that choice led me to the kind of work that I was doing, led me to you know, being able to work for a media company for so, so many years. I did a lot of freelance stuff and now I'm utilizing those skills again on a podcast. So it's pretty cool. Yeah. It's come around full circle, hasn't it? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So we are recording this in uh, early May and it is during the COVID-19 pandemic And the reason that Michelle and I were made redundant from our positions at the company uh, was because of the COVID-19 pandemic and not because we suck. (laughs) Although it did feel a bit bad in the start. (laughs) It did. It definitely sucked in the start. That's very true. Yeah. So, um... I know that there's probably people listening who, you know, might be dealing with the same thing or definitely know someone else who has been dealing with the same thing. So I don't know if we should go back to that fateful day first, Michelle, because it's pretty hard to talk about rebirth before, you know, you talk about the death. Led to that. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's, I think it's really important to note that this isn't going to be the kind of series where, we're all down in the dumps and we just want to relive uh, the pain or anything like that. And for us, this is about being uplifting because that's what you and I have been in each other's lives. So I just want to kind of make that point yeah. that uh, the idea is to inspire and to show that two amazing humans um, that had that same fateful decision, as, as you said before, um, happened on the same day, have really done good really done some great things since that. So that's kind of where we're at. Agreed. Yes. Um, Yeah. So basically um, what we're talking about is rebirth and um, the idea, as we said before, from that came from both of us being made redundant on the same day. Um, And as hard as that was, um, there was a moment, as I've said to you previously, where I had this kind of epiphany where I was sitting there and the news was coming and I was like, oh, this is a blessing. Like I could kind of have this, you know, those moments of clarity in life where you're sort of sitting there and uh, everything becomes clear and everything's brighter and you can hear everything's more crisp. And yeah, it was quite amazing. I was sitting there just going, this is going to be a blessing. And I don't know how, because in that moment, you're just in pure shock. But there was a moment in that where I was like, no, nah, this is going to be really great. And I didn't even know about you at that point. And mm-hmm. I sent you an SMS and I was like, oh, because I couldn't even speak. I'm like, oh, I've just been made redundant. And I sent you this SMS through the tears and yeah. lying on the floor of the bathroom at the company. And you sent me back like all these really inspirational quotes and I just loved it. And it was like, you know, 10 different quotes. We're both into like Oprah and the same sort of inspirational people. And I was like, oh, that's just what I needed. And then later in the day, I heard that you'd had the same news and I couldn't believe it. I thought me, you know, that's, that's me, but I, I never expected you as well. Like it just didn't even enter my head. I was completely shocked. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. And I think that, you know, uh, you and I are pretty good at congratulating ourselves on jobs well done, but we definitely do, um, you know, continue, I think to rise to the occasion and we always do endeavor to do the best that we can to 150%. And unfortunately when there are situations like this that happen, Sometimes it's just not about the individual as much as it's about the position that's no longer required or doesn't make sense for the bottom line. And unfortunately, when those decisions are made, even though it's about the position, there's a person that's still existing in that position. And uh, so, yeah, finding out that I was being made redundant the same day was I... I had anxiety the whole day. So I had this feeling that something was going to happen. And uh, I was later told that, you know, my position was being made redundant. And honestly, even thinking about it now, it's such an awful feeling. I think that I haven't really spent much time thinking about it 
in that way, you know, kind of like reliving the conversation and stuff. Right now, I'm kind of having a moment where I'm remembering it. But hearing about that and sort of feeling powerless about that decision and also confused that there wouldn't be an opportunity for me to be moved elsewhere or a succession plan in place, you know, like after this period of time, we'll bring you back into the fold. Uh, You know, those sort of things didn't happen. That was really interesting. And uh, I think that at least for myself, being told that news was mixed with, I wasn't surprised because I knew something was happening, even though I didn't know what. And knowing that there's this blessing in disguise Mm -hmm. hidden here, And I have been somebody who's been able to, I feel, see the silver lining in things. I've always been, sorry, that's not true. I've trained myself to be an optimistic person. And I feel that although it was shocking and there was grief that happened and then grief to follow, especially for that week after, I think kind of like you, I knew that in the back of my mind, there was an opportunity and I had been gifted a new chance and uh, to do and follow my own heart, I guess. Yeah. And there's a bit of trust in there, I think, for both of us. As I said, it was a shock, but I realized when I was in the moment that it was also a blessing, but there's a degree of trust in that. There's a degree of kind of thinking, well, yeah, this is the best decision there must be a bigger plan for me. And it's kind of trusting in that, that there is a bigger plan. And I think you and I sort of coming together and putting our heads together um, really helped me uh, move forward and to believe that it's possible that maybe I can work for myself or do things a bit differently to how I have in the past. And I think that's been the most exciting thing. And that's what I want to share with our listener at home is that possible. Surround yourself with good people and where between us, I think the work is always very equal. Whatever we're doing, we try to sort of balance everything out. And that's also really important. And I think that's something that we'll discuss in coming weeks about the dynamics between a relationship. If you are planning to move forward and, and get ideas from other people, make sure that the work is, is equal because that doesn't always happen. And I've learned a lot about boundaries and saying no. And yeah, it's a, some important lessons, really important lessons. Yeah. And, you know, when I think about the situation that we were put in, I I do want to talk a bit about that for a minute about grief, maybe just to let our listener at home know how we both sort of dealt with that news. Because even though right now we're talking at it from a clear, sound mind, and we had each other to be able to uplift each other and feel sad together and all these sort of things, which is a really big bonus because not everyone has that. I, I understand that. I think that one of the, you know, the important things that, it's worth mentioning is that you and I both grieved in different ways. We allowed ourselves an opportunity and time to grieve. And then we also went, okay, I've allowed myself an opportunity to grieve. Now let's look at the opportunity. Now let's rise above. And I think that sometimes when you're faced with an issue uh, that's out of your control, like losing a job, it's really easy to almost want to sit in that sort of victim mentality for a long time. And I don't know about you, but I did find myself at times almost wanting to do that, wanting to, you know, take it personally that I was, I was picked instead of that. It was my position that was no longer required. Um, I think that I, I have to, I had to consciously stop myself from allowing me to go down that rabbit hole and essentially just accept what is. So I don't know if you want to talk a bit about how you grieved, because I think that you grieved in a different way to me, but both yeah. are our choices to let us hear. Yeah. And, and I want to say on that, that everyone, it doesn't matter how you grieve. It's, it's up to the individual. And I guess the only thing I want to say around that, and you alluded to it a little bit there, is that it's your choice. So if you want to walk around with this being your story for the next 10 years, that's kind of up to you. I feel like I made the choice that I didn't want that to be my story and I didn't want that to define me. However, I did have to go through a process of grieving like we all do, because if you don't, you store it away and it uh, manifests perhaps in a physical you know, way. So the way that I dealt with it, and this is a technique I learned from yoga and a bit of Qigong, my teacher teaches both. 
And um, there's a process of sort of allowing the body to shake. And it's a little bit like where you go through maybe a serious car accident or some sort of sudden shock. If you go into this state of, you know, awareness where things don't really bother you, things don't really affect you. And that's how I sort of felt. I was sort of floating around thinking, oh, I should be packing my desk up, but I'm not really sure what's going on. It's all very hazy and cloudy and you've got brain fog going on. And then probably a few, maybe a couple of hours after that, I started shaking. My body started shaking and it was involuntary and I just allowed it. And people may remember this, women, especially if they've given birth, sometimes after giving birth, your body starts to shake uh, and it's something that you can't really control. Um, And it's wonderful just to allow that to happen. And I think in our society, we don't know a lot about that, but I know in certain tribes, women give birth, um, perhaps they're squatting on the ground and then the community, the women around them hold them up and they shake and they shake and shake and shake until they get rid of all that stuff. And what that is, is the process of childbirth. It's traumatic. So any of that trauma is being released from your body. And so my body started to shake that day and I just allowed it. And that's a wonderful way of getting rid of it where you're not feeling the pain. I'm not sort of crying for weeks on end or anything like that it's another way and I did do a lot of crying I did a lot of crying on the phone to my dad on the floor of the bathroom at work at the company um but then when I stood up I just allowed my body to shake and just grieve in its own way and that's the way that you know I do it in particular and I found that that allowed me to get on with the job you know that's how I operate I try to allow the pain to go as quickly as possible and then the next day I was doing my resume and and focused on what I needed to do to move forward. Uh, but certainly your mind goes back to it every so often. Uh, and then eventually I do a lot of cord cutting as well. So I did a lot of cord cutting. The minute I walked out the door, I was like, cut, 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 do my little karate chop movements um, and throw it away, you know, throw that energy away, throw that uh, muse away, uh, the shock, everything. Uh, and so I did a lot of cord cutting as well. And that's kind of the process I went through. How about yourself? Well, our listener at home might be wondering what the hell is cord cutting. <laughs> you might need to explain. That. Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I jump ahead. I'm a very spiritual person, so I'll throw, I'll throw a lot of this strange spiritual language in. Uh, so cords, I think most people are familiar with cords. Uh, it's a spiritual kind of cord that can attach between you and a person. Um, sometimes if there is a big shock, like I mentioned with car accidents and things like that, it's great to sort of cut our attachment to that. And it's probably the best way I can say it is we attach ourselves to negative situations sometimes. And then, as I was saying before, we can walk away and that becomes our story. And that's how we identify ourselves as being part of that. So what I try to do, and it's easier, it's like mowing your lawn every weekend versus mowing your lawn once a month. I see it as maintenance. So if I have an encounter with somebody, it's unpleasant, I cut. So I do my little karate chop movements, cut, 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 throw the cord away, so throw the attachment away from that thing, and I'll continue to do that until it's no longer part of my repertoire. So I'm no longer thinking about it, speaking about it to other people because you're just spreading negative energy around. So I see it as maintenance, a little bit like mowing the lawn. And, um, yeah, so that... Hopefully that makes sense. But if you don't cut cords as you go, then um, it requires a little bit more effort. But I try to do it as I go. Yeah, yeah, I like that. And I think that it's important you're saying because I know there's quite a few people that would be wanting to identify with this sad story and play the victim card without recognizing that, hey, wait a minute, it, I can change my mind. I don't have to allow that language to keep building up in my mind. I can choose to replace those thoughts. I can choose to focus on the benefits. I can choose to appreciate, you know, the time that I have to watch movies all day, you know, temporarily, just find those small opportunities of, of, you know, silver lining, I suppose. So for me, I didn't grieve by shaking. I, I grieved by crying and that was good for me. You know, I cried a bit on the day and I, much like you, the next day, I was right at it. I was getting my resume together. I applied for a job, uh, you know, these sort of things. And then in the week that followed, I took a lot of time to nurture myself through yoga. And uh, 
also just trying to figure out what my next kind of plan is. And intermixed with that, I did some crying as well. I think that in a way, I was just hurt that some of the things that I'd been working on for five years were coming to fruition and I wasn't going to see the end. That really hurt. It That almost hurt more in a way because I've been really working towards, you know, the culmination of certain projects. And I wasn't going to be a part of the final part, which, you know, really hurt. And then, you know, only having a few hours to pack up my desk, much like you, and get out of there after a long time. So I think there was almost that I needed a little bit more of that um, sort of period, you know, to cry because it was so sudden and unexpected. So, yeah, but I think that we're both in the same, um, you know, sort of situation in that I talked about it with you and you talked about it a bit with me, but we weren't, I mean, I told my, my parents and things like that, but it wasn't aside from discussing with my partner, what I'm going to do next. It wasn't something that I continued to bring up. I, I mentioned it to a few friends uh, initially when it happened, because obviously you tell your friends that you're no longer in your position but I didn't continue to replay that story. And anytime I found myself, like I mentioned earlier, wanting to go down that route, wanting to go, oh, there's a drama here. We can talk. Let's think about this drama. Let's make it bigger than it is. It's like, it doesn't matter. And almost just having that control to just go, no. Yeah. I know there's an opportunity here because if I was meant to still be at that job, I would still be at that job. Absolutely. Yep. It's a sign from the universe. I've always seen it's as a sign, you know, there must be bigger and better things out there for us. Otherwise it wouldn't have happened. And yeah, this is a a big kick in the pants from the universe. Um, And I think for sure. Yeah. It's not just us. I mean, there's a lot of people losing their jobs and what's wonderful about that is that we certainly have had a lot of wonderful things and that's what we're going to be talking about in coming weeks happen to us. But also with so many people finding themselves out of work, there must be a lot of wonderful things out there for these people. And I feel like it's a time of creation and coming up with new ideas. And we've seen a lot of that. We've seen a lot of new ideas be born out of this. And that's why I love the fact that our theme is rebirth. It's powerful. It's, you know, starting again, starting over and starting afresh. And that's what this period has really felt like. It's almost like everything's been kind of wiped clean. It's almost like the slate's been wiped clean and it's just such an exciting time. And I think you have to make the most of that. And that's hopefully what we're inspiring people to be and to do. And everyone's going to grieve in their own way. And we're not, there's no judgment there from us. It's just, this is kind of how we've dealt with stuff and we dealt with it kind of differently. It wasn't the same way for for each of us because we're individuals. And we should also mention we haven't even met face to face. So... It's like, you know, the early, early days of um, dating on uh, any of those dating sites. I'm sure everyone knows what they are. Um, but, you know, we're not at that stage yet, Lauren. I just don't feel like we're quite there where we need to meet face-to-face. Uh, <laughs> but we certainly know what each that's other looks terrific. like. So, um, yeah, that's great. But, yeah, yeah we, we do. Haven't. That's so funny. It's because uh, Michelle lives quite a few hours away from me. We're both in the same state in Queensland, but um, we've never – yeah, been in the same city or anything. How tall are you, Michelle? I am 167 centimetres, okay. according to my driver's licence. How about you? I'm 175 centimetres. So uh, in Canada, we say it's about 5'8". Yeah, so that's funny. There you go. Didn't know that. Um, yeah. No, you're about the same si- uh, height as my husband. Okay, there you go. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I think, that, you know, kind of like what you were saying before, it's really an opportunity for creation. And I think that for me too, it was an opportunity to reevaluate. So, you know, I've always had projects that I want to do, you know, podcasts that I want to start and services that I want to be able to give to other business people, um, much like this, you know, where we teach people things and tips and tricks they can actually use. And I was never going to get those things off the ground, at least not in a short amount of time. You know, I'd been working at starting a podcast for over a year and I still hadn't done it. So it's kind of, you know, it was an opportunity for me anyway, to reevaluate. All right, well, I'm 37. 
you know, what do I want to do? I um, and now I'm at the position where obviously the kinds of jobs that I'm looking for very few and far in between. So while I'm, you know, kind of keeping an eye on that, I still have time to be doing things for myself. And so I'm taking it as an opportunity to reevaluate my priorities, what I want to do and what I want to get out of this beautiful, incredible life. Because one day I'm going to, you know, die. (laughs) So what do I want to do with my time? And, you know, luckily for me, and I know the same is for you, I loved my job. So that was always something that wasn't a problem for me. I enjoyed going to work every day. I loved the people that I worked with. I loved the kind of work that I did. But having the rug kind of pulled out under me was an opportunity and is an opportunity for me ongoing to go, okay, well, what kind of life do I want with the rest of my life? Yeah. And I love the point there that you made about loving your job because I did too. I told everyone that. It was never never about me not loving my job. Um, I think we were both really lucky to do what we did. But that's why I think the fact that we both got the same news on the same day means that there must be something just amazing. And that's what we're discovering. That's what we're in the process of discovering. So I love that the listener at home can come on that journey with us because it is a journey. It's a journey for us as well. We don't exactly know um, what's what's going to look like. But um, that's why we're excited to be able to do this now because we're still learning. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So what are some of the things that I guess you feel comfortable with with saying that you've been doing since, you know, we got made redundant? I mean, obviously keeping an eye out for work, applying for jobs, you know, that's a given. But at the same time, you're also backing yourself in a different type of career. Yeah, it's so exciting. And this is, I'm very much like you, where I just kind of wanted to make the time and I wanted to find the time, but it is really hard when you're working full time somewhere uh, to be able to find the time to do those other things. And I've always been doing spiritual stuff on the side. I mentioned that a bit with the cord cutting before, and I guess the shaking is a little unusual, a little left of center. Um, But yeah, I've always done readings or for a long time I've done readings and healings. Um, I'm a Reiki practitioner, um, now doing pranic energy healing as well. And the readings for me are really important at the moment. Like I have always kind of tried to do them outside of my normal job, um, which in itself is pretty tricky because as a journalist in a a newsroom, you're very much left brain. It's very intellectual you're always very in your masculine, which is yang energy. And then I'd come home and, and do a reading and I'd have to almost take that hat off, put another hat on, and then sit there and, and try and connect with someone at a very human heart-to-heart level. And what I found since the day we were let go is that I no longer have to switch those hats as much. And I'm making really amazing connections and I've kind of fallen back on that really um, doing the readings and the healings. And as I was saying, a lot of people need this right now. There's a lot of people that are coming to me and they're losing family members and friends. uh, And we know that there's restrictions around funerals and things. So they really want to make a connection. So I do a bit of mediumship and it gives them a little bit of reassurance that that family member is actually okay. Uh, And that's what people seem to really need. I I haven't done a lot of mediumship over the years, but I seem to have done it the last two weeks. Pretty much all of my readings have been about that, making that connection with somebody that they lost. And as sad as that is, it's also really nice to be able to do that, especially because I did love my real job, I guess you would say real job. But I also now feel like this is kind of a real job too. If you are doing what you love and what comes naturally to you, you never work a day in your life. And that's what I'm aiming for now. So self-employment is what I end up doing uh, or something comes along where I can do that. um, Then I'm super excited to experience that. How about you? Yeah, same thing. It's hard because we are in such niche type work. So finding a job that's going to be a job with somebody else, that's exactly what, you know, our skill set is meant to do is going to be tough. Uh, But in the interim, yeah, much like you, I'm, I'm looking at, you know, building up my consulting business. I'm going to start a membership program. I've started three podcasts and it's just like you, it's showing up every day. It's backing myself, you know, while I continue to figure it out. 
you know, much like you, I don't also want to, you know, go in and do something just because it's my only option. I want to create the best life that I can. And, you know, maybe there'll be a position that that pops up that's right for me. And that's great. But, you know, until that happens, I have no choice but to just continue to build my dreams as well. And, you know, much like you, I know that if I continue to back myself, it's all going to work itself out. I know that as long as I continue to follow, you know, my path, that that's going to take me where I want to go. So one of the things that I know you've been doing and I've been doing as well are creating healthy habits. So that's definitely something that I would recommend that our listener at home, if you're wanting to you know, make a shift in your life, if you've been made redundant and you're trying to figure out how to get out of you know, the victim mentality and step into something new for yourself, creating healthy habits is really an exciting thing. And you know, about a month and a half ago, I started jogging and you know, I'm now running almost 8K or 8K. So it's like today I did an 8K run. It's incredible. I never thought that that would be something that I would do. I uh, started doing my own yoga practice. I never had the discipline to do my own yoga practice. Well, these are things that I have decided that are important to me. And these are habits that I've started to create and cultivate in my life you know, because there are things that are going to build me up. One thing that I like to talk about is acting as if. Have you ever heard of that, that no, before, Michelle? Act as if. Okay, so act as if is basically if you take some time and you think about who you want to be or who you want to turn into. So I, I would think about, you know, a strong businesswoman, fit, um, financially free, uh, charitable, like able to give to charity and able to do all these things, tra- well-traveled, um, eat lots of organic food. <laughs> like this is my ideal self of where I want to yeah. be. That means that all of the decisions that I make take me there. So for example, if I want to be somebody who is fit, well, I need to make steps now that send me in that direction. Mm-hmm. So sometimes if you can get clear with where you want to go, then you can start to make decisions that take you there. It's pretty easy too, because if I look to myself and I go, a very fit woman, is the decision to go for a run or do yoga this morning going to take me closer to that goal or take me away from that goal? And knowing that it's going to take me closer to that goal, I do the thing because I'm acting as if I am already her. And then eventually what we do is we transform ourselves into being that person. So for me, I focus on a lot of making healthy habits and making decisions that are going to take me to where I want to go and, and grow essentially. I know that, uh, you know, I need to continue to learn and upskill. So I read a lot. I want to continue to, you know, eat healthy food. So I make healthy buying decisions at the store. You know, sometimes it's really overwhelming to go, but there's 50,000 things I need to do. Yes. Stop, make the list, choose one thing and then slowly build it, you know, build on your habits. So that's for me. I know for you, you do the same sort of stuff, but you're also practicing a lot of gratitude. You want to talk about that at all? Yeah, I, I just wanted to make a little point about the list because I think that's um, that's what's helped me get through, uh, especially when you don't have, and I think this is really important, if you don't have uh, a sort of nine to five Monday to Friday job, uh, which we don't at the moment, it's really important to maintain, I guess, that semblance of um, normality. So creating a list, and I do a to-do list every day as well, because I think that that kind of makes you feel like, yes, I have some idea of my day and what it's going to look like and stuff like that. And you can it, it helps you not feel overwhelmed and uh, overwhelm is what really holds us back and it can take us back into the 
feeling of I'm not good enough or, you know, poor me, you know, that sort of thing. So I think I just wanted to say that that is something that's really important to me as well. And I have been doing that a lot. So returning to your question, I think I've really been focusing on gratitude. And what's really great about gratitude is when we give thanks, and this can be just, and I'm like you, I've actually been inspired by you. So we used to do our park run once a week and that's a 5k run and it's free and it's fun. And we meet a lot of people and hang out and eat ridiculous big breakfasts afterwards. Um, but you were telling me, cause I'm like, oh yeah, I just do this 5k run. That's my distance, you know, and Jason and I had started doing uh, 5k runs, my husband, uh, every second or third day, uh, to try and build up because we were only doing park run once a week. So we thought I'll oh, we'll do it a few days. And then you've told me that you did this 8k run and I'm like, what? So then I had to go and do an 8k run and it felt really great. And I wasn't sprinting it, but it just felt good. And so I'm thank you for inspiring me to do that. But certainly on those runs, um, and what's great about the runs is it kind of puts you when you're sort of one foot, one foot, one foot, you get into this rhythm and it feels like sometimes I'm sure you agree. Sometimes you feel like you just couldn't stop. Like you just feel like you're kind of like a train and you're on the tracks and you just keep going. And so in those moments where I get into that real rhythm, I like to look around and I'm like, oh, look at the awesome rainbow or look at that awesome butterfly or dragonfly, mm-hmm. whatever it is, because there's lots of them around at the moment and the plants and aren't they wonderful? And so I just love to run and just give gratitude for the fact that I'm alive and I'm awake and I can see these awesome things at that time in the morning because there's not a lot of other people around at six, seven in the morning. And it's putting you into the receiving mode. And what I found is that I've been doing that since the day I was made redundant. And what's been happening is people have just been ringing me. Hey, do you want to write this magazine? Do you want to do Facebook lives? Like all these offers and opportunities have been coming in. And so that's, it's almost opening the floodgates and it's been such a a blessing and it's not difficult. It's not like there's any effort required. It's just paying attention. So it's coming out of your place of, oh, I've been, you know, made redundant and I lost my job and poor me. It's coming out of that and going, wow, I live in a really beautiful place. And I mean, there's far worse places in the world to be kind of in isolation now. We're really lucky. We're really lucky. So heading down to the beach and appreciating the beautiful salt air and the people in their boats and things like that, there's so much to be grateful for. And it puts that balance back in life as opposed to us being really heavily weighted in the negative. We're trying to bring the balance back so that it's all sort of even. Yeah. So that's what I've been doing to try to get through what we've been going through. Um, But I think that's enough of the serious stuff, do you think? Yeah, I think it is. And I'll just say one thing too. I yeah. agree with you on that. I do when I'm, you know, going for a run along the beach, I just run and go, thank you, thank you, thank you. More please, yes. you know, because it is so amazing. And I don't run with headphones on or anything. So what I also started doing was affirmations. So I'll start running and I'm going strong, fit, you know, and I can just do that for you know, 20 minutes or whatever, the exact same mantra. And what I'm also trying to do is cultivate a bit more space between the two words to kind of almost have no thought. So strong, fit. So, you know, if someone's looking at home at, uh, you know, starting running or jogging and buying, I am not sprinting either. Just put it out there. I am not a very fast runner at all, but I'm still doing it. That's the point. You know, sometimes having an affirmation to drive you is really helpful too. Absolutely. So your affirmation is strong and fit. Is that what you're sort of saying to yourself? I've got a few. So I'll go strong and fit, strong and fit. I also go, um, I'll say like clarity and wise, or I'm clear, you know, I've got clarity and wisdom, clarity and wisdom, something like that. Or I'll go um, wealth, success, wealth, success. It's another one. Sometimes I just do I am over and over to just try to allow some space and get into the spiritual side more. Uh, Yeah, so things like that. And it's a nice rhythm. So it's almost, yeah. Yeah, jogging along. I've been doing a bit of I am worthy. Any business would be lucky to have me. And as you said, I'm just leaving my options open. If there is a business that wants me, then I'm happy to do that if it fits in with what we're doing. 
what I'm doing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I've just started doing I'm worthy. Any business will be lucky to have me. And I think that that's really great because it works for partnerships. If you're looking for a relationship or to bring anything into your life, you just substitute. So it's not business, it's relationship it. or whatever it is. So yeah, there's lots of great affirmations and there's such a pick me up. Um, and it's probably yeah. a great segue into what we're going to be talking about next. And this is your domain. Yes. I'm the serious one, just to clarify. Yeah, let's get into the party. Um, I will say, though, if our listener at home is interested in affirmations, Louise Hay is the queen of affirmations. And we'll put a link in the Isn't show notes to her, um, to her affirmations because it's really about choosing one that's right for you. So I'm worthy is a brilliant one. I'm enough is another one. I'm safe, yeah. especially when you've been made redundant, putting that program in, I'm safe is probably important. So it's kind of choosing an affirmation that really feels good with you. So another thing that is really important to do, which brings us to the party part of the episode, is uh, feeling good and really deciding that you know, you're going to take control of your emotions and you're going to lift yourself up instead of keep yourself down. And for me, yes, one of the best ways to do that is music. And, you know, I called this part of the segment can dance if you want to. And the reason for that is things happen and you need to go through the difficult time and you want to, you know, cry on the floor and shake it all out or cry for, you know, a couple of days to a week and just grieve in that way, that's fine. But eventually you need to decide whether or not you're going to stay down and play that victim card or whether or not you're going to get up and you're going to dance if you want to. And I believe that if you just put on some banging music, you know, something that really can elevate your mood, it will change your entire life. And you have the control and you have the uh, ability to shift your life and music can really help make that happen. So you and I have done our top five dance songs, which are a perfect way to bring you into the whole rebirth mindset. So we'll put a link to this playlist in our show notes as well. But why don't we tell our listener, Michelle, what we've got. So maybe you want to go first? Yeah, that'd be great. I actually found it quite amusing when I was looking through because we're very different. We are different in age. I'm 44 and you mentioned you're 37. So when I was reading yours, I was like, oh, oh, some of them I didn't even know. And there's like kind of this theme, like if you just read out the names of yours, I'm like, oh, okay, cool. (laughs) But I have to Write it, work it. Yeah, yeah. So I have to put a disclaimer up on mine. Um, Mine are kind of based around the fact that back in the day when I was living in Bundaberg, um, I had a giant subwoofer in my boot. So a lot of my song choices are based on what sounded good through the sub. So I just want to put that out there. Um, And that's going to explain why my number one is my number one. And it's Mr. Vane by Culture Beat. So a lot of people probably remember that one. Um, and it just sounded amazing. So when I was driving to and from Coles, which was my job then, um, I was like rocking out the Mr. Vane on the way home. And, um, yeah, just really, uh, you know, because sometimes work is difficult. You'd have difficult customers and it just really put you in this place of like, yeah, like awesome. And it was just, I guess a way like without realizing getting rid of some of that stuff and sort of cutting those ties, but without doing it in that real spiritual way at that point. Um, salt and pepper, uh, Shoop had to be my number two. Um, and that's because I met one of them. I don't know which one it was, but it's the one that stayed in the big, um, black guy that was in one yeah. of their, um, beach scenes in one of their video clips, yeah. um, yeah. for the sexy song that they did. Um, and is it, I'm going to sexy yeah. rock or something like that. Yeah. That one. Um, so Shoop, salt and pepper. Yeah. So that was my, um, my second pick. Um, and they're actually really nice. They're really nice chicks. Um, so never be the same again. Mel C was number three for me because this is a real sporty one. Like she was sporty spice. Um, so never be the same again. Um, and I think in, in the film clip, she's running on a treadmill at some point. So I used to listen to this at gym a bit. Um, and I wasn't an outdoors runner then, but, um, I am now, uh, but yeah, the gym never be the same again. And it's a really good breakup song, like in between, you know, relationship song. 
um, I Want a Night, Four Seasons, and this is the remix. This was one of the songs that they played at my school formal. So it sort of takes me back to that time, which I think is is fun. You know, it's a time when you're sort of saying goodbye to all your friends. It's like moving on to the next chapter of your life. So it sort of reminds me of that period. And it's a really good feeling because a lot of those people I'm still friends with now. So I think that's like a really cool thing. That was 93. Um, and then one more time, Daft Punk. I just love this. And this is like nightclubbing. This is taking me back to like the old, you know, the way we all used to kind of dance, which is probably very different to how people dance now because I don't go, go clubbing anymore. Um, but it's just that freedom, you know, like throwing your arms in the air and just having the music kind of, you know, the beat and all that sort of stuff. Um, so I had to get my, my nightclubbing track in there as well. So they're my top five. And the links are going to be in the show notes, as you said. Love it. Awesome. Um, it is hilarious when you do look at the, the titles of all my songs. It's very, like, sexual. I was a bit, oh, I'm blushing. Oh. <laughs> when you read them all at once, write yeah. it, work it, I got you, touching me, walking on a dream. It is a... <laughs> yeah, definitely a theme. That's hilarious. Okay, yeah. well, anyway... Uh, <laughs> This conversation just got really good. Um, mm. Okay, so my songs are Ride It by Regard. This song is particularly awesome when you're driving a car <laughs> and mm-hmm. you're, you know, driving through the hills and it's just, it's so cool. It's such a dance song. I love house music, electro, funky house, house, anything like that. So all these yeah. songs are kind of in that vein. Work It by Kelly Rowland. I remember I was listening to the radio about two years ago or so, and the song came on and I'd never heard it. And I couldn't believe how awesome it was. And it turns out I was five or six or seven years late because it had already come out and was super popular. So I don't know how I missed it. But um, when I heard it, I actually went home that day and played it, you know, three to four times in a row and just had a total rockout session in my house. So a song that really makes me feel happy and really gets me pumped up. I Got You by Duke Dumont. I also love 80s music. So anything that has a bit of an 80s vibe with house music for me is just the perfect marriage. Touching Me by Finn Basin. I love that song as well. And then Walking on a Dream by Empire of the Sun who just, you know, they really are this eccentric, vibrant, vivacious kind of group. And you can see that in all what they wear and their their music videos and things like that. So, yeah, so those are the songs that I chose. And uh, we'll put them, like you said, in the in the show notes and attach them to a playlist because it really is a really powerful thing to do when you have your you know, your playlist that you can go to. And I often do start a day or start my day. Uh, well, before I was really into podcasts, to be honest, but I would just rock out. Sometimes you just need a really good song to just elevate you. And so I would really encourage our listener at home as well to make a list of their top five. You can dance if you want to songs, because if the ones that we've chosen here don't speak to you, you know, find something that does because it's a really sure way to elevate your mood. So I know that you also had some additional value to give to our listeners in the form of uh, inspiration. Yeah. And it's a little bit along the lines of what we were just talking about being uplifted and motivated and all those sorts of things. And someone who really inspires me is Tony Robbins. Like I love listening to his podcasts and he's got a great doco um, that was filmed and it's on Netflix. If anyone wants to watch that, he's just such an inspirational guy. And I just wanted to mention that um, there's a couple of really great um, uplifting and we mentioned uh, affirmations and things before um, and how important they can be to our lives And what I love about him is he's actually put together his top 20 inspirational quotes, and this is for success. So it's actually like a really appropriate thing, I think, for rebirth, for our theme, tying it all back in. And one of the ones that I really like um, is setting goals as a first step in turning the invisible into the visible. And I think this comes back to you and I and where we're at and we are looking at those things now. We're sort of setting these goals. We're making them achievable. We're trying to figure out how we get to and what we need to do, the steps we need to take. And I think the goals is the first step. You know, it's not trying to get there tomorrow, but it's at least setting them down. So writing them down, being really clear about 
where you kind of want to be and what you want your life to look like and financially independent would be wonderful uh, and not to have to worry about that, but also to love what we do. So I think for um, our listener at home, we're going to pop that in the show notes as well, the link to those quotes, because there'll be a different one for everyone that will stand out to you. Um, and But that one for me, I just thought that's a really good starting point. Um, and it's a way for us to be kind of moving forward rather than looking back. And I think that's kind of what we've been talking a bit about today is how long do you want to stay in your stuff? When is it okay for us to kind of move forward and, and start to live our life? And that's what we're both trying to do. Yeah, I agree. I love that. So uh, I think that pretty much wraps it up. I think uh, maybe we should give them a little tease for what's coming up next week on the show. I believe we are going to be, what do you want to talk about? In abundance mindset, Michelle's going to lead us through how to make a vision board. And we're going to basically, you know, work with you to get you elevated where you feel like you're able to attract whatever it is that you want. Yes. That's a pretty big ask, <laughs> but we can do it. And it's something that I get asked a lot when I'm doing readings or whatever it is with my clients. I get asked a lot about how do I do it? I think people know what the word means. They understand that you're kind of trying to bring stuff into your life, but how does it all really work? And it, it can be uh, a bit overwhelming if you're not sure what steps to take. So we're just going to simplify it, break it down, deliver it, and um, it's going to be super exciting. And I just can't wait. I can't wait to share that information that we have. Yes. Awesome. All right. Well, pretty good first episode, Michelle. And thank you to you at home for listening. And if you did like this, please do leave us a review and share it with your friends and anyone that you think can learn something from it. And again, if there's anything that you'd like us to discuss on the podcast, feel free to contact us on Facebook or Instagram. We'll put all of the links in the show notes and you can also send us an email at any time. The main thing is that you're never alone and we're here for you. So you've been listening to the business in the front. Party in the back. Podcast. Okay. <laughs> we'll get there Podcast. eventually. <laughs> we'll see you next week. Thank you.